Nehemiah 2.17, the Bible says, And then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Join me in a word of prayer, if you would, this morning. Father, I thank you for this day and for the many blessings you've given. Lord, I ask now that you be with us in this time of, of uh, study of your word, that you would remove the distractions that might be there and help us to have open ears and open hearts. Teach us this morning. Help us to do the word, not just to listen only that we'll hear this morning. Lord, give me grace to, to say what you would have me to say. I ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So my desire this morning is to lay out the vision statement in some detail. We introduced it last week and the vision statement being moving forward. Now we had to spend time last week about talking about the importance of having Christ as our foundation. We looked at the parable of the wise men and the foolish men, foolish man that one is built on the rock of Christ and without him our lives are just built on sinking sand. And that is paramount to understand as we move forward. Our, our we ourselves and our houses and our whole lives have to be built on the rock of Christ. Only then can we move forward as we should. And that's what I want to dive into today, that part of moving forward. And as we do, we'll be visiting a couple places in the book of Nehemiah. It's a wonderful book, and, and just to give a quick background of what's going on here so we understand the context, the captivity of Israel is at an end. We see the captivity take place in the books like Daniel and Isaiah and Jeremiah and, and them being carried away into Babylon for 70 years. Here in this book, the Jews are returning to Jerusalem. Israel is returning to its home out of captivity, but there's a problem. It's in ruins. Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed everything, the walls, the temple, the city, and there is nothing but waste and destruction all around. And the Bible chronicles that for us in a couple different books as they come back. Um, the book of Ezra, which is right before Nehemiah, and the book of Haggai tell us about the rebuilding of the temple and the rebuilding of the city. Nehemiah details the rebuilding of the walls, and that's what we're going to be looking at this morning for some context. So I just wanted to give you the feel of what's going on in this book and how we're going to use it as a, a basis for uh, the vision statement for this coming year. The direction, the vision statement, I guess we could call it, for this year coming forward for, for our church is going to be moving forward. And I want to define that for you this morning because you can look at it from a, a couple different angles. One of those is like moving forward in our relationship with Christ. Paul talks about that in the book of Philippians when he says that we are reaching forth towards the mark, forgetting that which is behind reaching forward for the prize in growing in our relationship with Christ, growing in our relationship with God. And we certainly should be doing that. Or you could come from the angle of moving forward with the gospel, that we are to be reaching all nations, as it says in Matthew chapter 28 and Mark chapter 16, reaching all nations around us and all people around us with the life-changing news of the gospel. And those are fine, and those are right, and we should be doing those. 
But I believe in my heart those should be a given. That's who we are and what we are to do. We are to reach others and we are to reach upward and outward to Christ. The idea that's been on my heart for the past few months is a bit different when it comes to to that statement moving forward. And it's an area I think we need to pay special attention to and one that's pictured here in the passages we'll look at and one that I hope to make clear. We must move forward busy with the work of God. Moving forward busy with the work of God. And I hope to lay that out this morning. So let's take a look at a few things. In our text, in Nehemiah chapter 2, Nehemiah himself has just taken a tour of the destruction that's around him. He's walked around the walls of the city and he's, he's seen that they're fallen. There's piles of rubble everywhere and things are destroyed. And can I just say right from the get-go, we find ourselves in the same place today. It may not be literal physical walls that are broken down or literal piles of rocks, but there is plenty of destruction around us. People's lives are in ruins, destroyed from the effects of sin. Families decimated, lives ruined to piles of smoking rubble, whether it be from addiction or depression or just the way life has hit us. People are burned out shells of what they once were. And 2020 has left much destruction in its wake as well loved ones are gone and people are living in fear and homes and jobs are lost yes if we take time and consider there is plenty of destruction plenty of waste around us maybe even this morning you uh, hear this and you've experienced some yourself and so you know just how to relate to those around us I want to start with a question this morning, and that is, does it move you that there is waste and destruction around us? Do we even care about that? I want you to notice something in the first chapter with me. Turn back a page or so in your Bible to Nehemiah chapter 1 and look at verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, it came to pass in the month Chislu in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came. He and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven." My, the question I have is, do we care as Nehemiah cares? There are people in great affliction all around us. Do we weep for that? Does it touch our heart that people's lives are ruined? Do we mourn for them or do we just say, oh, that's so bad, I'm so sorry, and we go on our merry way caring less the very next minute? Nehemiah didn't, did he? No, he heard the news, he heard of the affliction and the destruction and what was going on, and he wept. Maybe we should too. In fact, he goes to see for himself, and perhaps this morning you need to do that. Maybe this morning we need to listen to those around us. 
to hear their struggles and hear what they're facing, to ask that question we all ask when we meet somebody, how are you doing, how are you today, and really mean it, and really listen for an answer. No, how are you doing? Please tell me. And you will quickly see there is work to be done. People all around us are scared and hurting. They are unsure of the future. They are looking for hope. Maybe they put their hope in a political system. Maybe they put their hope in financial things. Maybe they put their hope in their own health. And they've seen some of that destroyed. Or maybe sin has just had their way and they've got caught up in some things and and seen destruction in their life. And they feel that they can't trust anyone and there is no hope. I'm saying, beloved, this morning we ought to be the voice of hope in the world. And I want you to... I want you to consider something very carefully, and let me say this, and I hope that you hear it. There has been so much political talk about who is this and who is that, and and complaints about the current system and the way that things are being manipulated, even with the virus and vaccines, which still seems to be the main topic for most. And yes, I understand it's been politicized and it's been abused, and people aren't sure what the truth is. I don't even know who to trust. And you may have your own opinions, as do I. But as we go into the smoking rubble of the world around us, what they don't need to hear is our opinions about how 99% of people survive and why are you so scared and that's just foolish, you're just part of the sheep. Let me tell you this morning, the 1% matters. The 1% matters. And when you stand on that side and you have lost someone to it, you begin to understand. You understand the fear. You understand the pain and the loss that so many around us are feeling. The last thing they need to hear is your opinion on the matter or some political message from the church. No, you know what they need? They need healing. They need help. They need hope. Because in many cases, their lives have been destroyed by this. Do you see that in people around you? Do you hear that in the way they talk? Oh, Nehemiah sees it. He sees the damage. He sees the work that needs to be done. And maybe we need to have an eye for that this morning. What does he say in light of all that? And let's go back to our text in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 17. I said unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Look around at all the destruction around us. What does he say? Come, let us up and build the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a a reproach. Come, let us get up and let us build. Let's get to work. And that is the idea this morning for our vision statement. Let's get to work. Not sitting in awe of the damage. Not intimidated by the job at hand. Not regressing, going backwards because we think there's too much to do or we're afraid of the opposition. No, let's move forward. Let's get to work. Going and building and restoring the lives around us as we bring them to Christ, as we show them true peace and joy, as we show them the firm foundation we ourselves are built on that we talked about last week, and that they too can build on the, their lives on the rock instead of on the sinking sand of the world. There is so many around us that need help. 
Let's get to work. You understand it's going to take work. We're going to have to roll up our sleeves, as it were, get in the rubble around us and start building them on the foundation of Christ. My hope for our church for this coming year is that we move forward, busy about the work of God. Now, I could just simply end there and and say it is that simple. And it is that simple, really. Let's get to work. But there's a few things we need to add to that. Some even ifs, if you will. And for that, I want you to turn with me to chapter 4, Nehemiah chapter 4. A wonderful passage of Scripture. I want to read it this morning. Follow along with me, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Sanballat is a Samaritan. If you Remember in John chapter 4 and the Samaritan woman at the well and some national differences that had taken place? Well, it has its roots right here. That's for another time, though, but just want to let you know. Verse 2, And he spake before his brethren the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Verse 4, Nehemiah prays. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. Verse 6, So built we the wall. And the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst of them and slay them and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, From all places whence ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you. A lot of talking going on, isn't there? Just keep that in mind. Verse 13, Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places, even I set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us and God had brought their counsel to naught that we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto his work. And it came to pass that from that time forth that half of my servants wrought in the work and the other half of them held both spears and shields and bows and the habergeons and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. They which builded on the wall and they which bear burdens and those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, every one had his sword girded by his side, and so we builded. 
And he that sounded the trumpet was by me, and I said unto the nobles, and to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, The work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. In what place therefore ye hear the sound of the trumpet? Resort ye hither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. So we labored in the work, and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Likewise, at the same time, said I unto the people, Let every one with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that on the night they may be a guard to us and labor in the day. So neither I, nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that every one put them off for washing. They get to work, don't they? They get to work, and no sooner than they got to work, the opposition started. And I just want to let you know, we're going to expect opposition. There's going to be scoffers like those in the first few verses. What do you think you're doing, church? Didn't that, isn't that what uh, Sanballat and Tobias said? What, what do these people think they're doing? They think you're going to rebuild? Well, even if they do it, it's not going to last. What do you think you're going to do? What are you going to do to help these people? What good does the Bible do? What can you do, little church? You're just giving them some crutch that isn't going to help. <coughs> and all this Jesus stuff does nothing for people. Expect that. Expect that from society around us. Expect that as we come along and try to be help in the lives around us. Expect it even from your own families. You know, sometimes the loudest voices of scoffing can even be those within the church. People lack faith. Let the world get in their head. Expect people to naysay. We move forward regardless of what people say. Do you understand that? We move forward regardless of the scoffers. They don't understand what we understand. We know the power of the gospel. Romans chapter 1. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. We know the power of the gospel to change eternities, to change lives, to give hope and peace. So it doesn't matter what people say, we still move forward. For some, the harsh words of others is enough to stop, to retreat, and to sit there. We move forward. Let them say what they want. Let them scoff if they want. Because while they, while they do, the work still goes on. Notice verse 6. So built we the wall, and the wall was joined together into the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. They are talking, God's people are working, and what happens? The wall is built to the half. It is amazing what can happen when the people of God have a mind to work. It is amazing the lives that can be changed when we are busy doing what we should be and not listening to all the idle talk. I am reminded of the church in the book of Acts when they are on fire for Him and it's clearly evident in their lives and people are being saved and added daily. We read that and think it's some anomaly that's not possible today. But I tell you, the same God is our God as it was then, so is He today. His power is the same then as it is now. The only difference is us. Now, we are too distracted. We are too busy with other things rather than with the work of God. And I fear His church has moved backward or come to a standstill as of late. That must, not believe, that must not be, beloved. Let us up and be about the work of God. Let us get up and build. 
not get up and talk about how much we don't like the current administration or we don't like the laws or do we, we don't like this and that. How about we be busy building in other people's lives? Because there's people all around us who need the foundation of Christ, who need lives rebuilt by His power, waiting on us to do the building. So let's move forward in the power of God and you watch lives be changed, repaired, rebuilt, just as this wall was here. If we would be about His work. So let them talk. Let them complain. Let them give their oh-so-intelligent warnings. Look at verse 10. Judah said, the strength of the bearers is decayed and There's so much rubbish, we're not able to build the wall. Verse 11, the adversaries said, They'll not know, neither see, till we come in the midst of them and slay them and cause the work to cease. In verse 12, the Jews living around them said ten times, From all places when you return unto us, they'll be upon you. There's a lot of talking in this passage, and people love to talk. They love to complain like verse 10. Oh, this is too much. There's so much work to do. The burdens are too heavy. There's going to be those who get in the work and they're going to see that it requires some things from us. There's going to see that there's going to be some sacrifice need to be made. It's going to require us to be diligent and caring for those around us. And it'll be too heavy. And they'll talk about it. Yeah, you know what? You might not be able to watch that TV show you want because you're taking dinner to somebody who needs it. Even if they aren't part of the body, you're sacrificing some of your time. You may not be able to take that vacation because you know what? The Lord might move your heart to show you that somebody else might need that money more than you do. And that, that little bit of help that you could provide could make the difference in their life. You might have to overcome your fear and break through that barrier and witness to somebody about Christ. The work is not always easy, but we must be about it you'll find that it's much more than coming to church once a quarter. Or reading your Bibles just because I tell you to turn to a passage. The work is much more than that. And some people will get in the work and say this is too much and we cannot do this. And I say, yes, we can and we must. For the Scripture tells us that our God is able and that He will supply our every need and that He will complete the good work that He has been begun that He gives us the authority to go in His name and that He goes with us Himself. Yes, there is much work to do, but it is His work and a work that He has given us to do. Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created into Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You notice how many times the word work is mentioned. We are not saved by works. It is His work that He does in us so that we might be born again and follow faithfully to do the good works that He has called us to do. Good works of baptism, good works of church membership, good works of of following Him faithfully and being a witness to those around. It's what we are saved to do. Philippians chapter 1, being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. If He is able to perform and to complete the good work which He has begun in us, He is able to do that in the lives of others around us. Yes, we have much to do, even if people complain. And there will be those who threaten, as in verse 11. And scoffing usually turns into that. 
At one time, these individuals in the first part of chapter 4 scoffed. Now it turns into threats. And we can expect that to come in these coming days. The idle threats of those around us have not shut down the church of God. We have not stopped to praise nor worship, and nor will we. The world will not like that, and it will escalate from threat to action. And you understand that comes from guilt and conviction. That's why people threaten. Conviction. You better stop it or else. I don't like this message that you're, you're talking and that you're speaking because it hits my heart. And the Bible is clear that all who will live godly will suffer persecution. And that as we near the end of this age, persecution again will increase. But we don't stop. We move forward. You know, it's not always the complaining or threats that can get in our heads. Sometimes it's what we see in verse 12. These Jews which dwelt by, that are living in the land, have something to say. Now, they're not working. They're not building. But they sure are experts on what those who are working should and should not do. (laughs) You'll get that. You better be careful from all the places when she shall return to us. They'll be upon you. You better be careful. You know, it's safer not to build. It's safer not to go to church. You can't have church right now. What if somebody gets sick? What if you get in trouble with the law? Which will quickly turn into, how dare you have church? What do you think you're doing? How dare you have a drive through prayer? How dare you go knocking doors? How dare you go to people? Don't you understand what could happen? And oh, they're persistent, aren't they? It says they said this ten times. It seems like those voices have a lot to say, and they say it much, but they're not about the building now, are they? They've got a lot to say about those who would work, but they won't lift a finger to do the work themselves. Be careful that you don't let that get in your head. I wonder why we listen to so much, listen so much to people who haven't darkened the door of a church in quite a while, who haven't truly witnessed to someone face to face, maybe if even ever in their life. But oh, they've got a lot to say about those who are busy about the work. They haven't sat with someone and truly felt the pain and the destruction of sin in someone else's life. No, they're too busy. they got other stuff to do. Armchair, Facebook, self-gratified Christians. Quick to judge. Slow to work. Let them talk. We move forward. We move forward. Busy with the work. Busy about what God has called us to do. Even if we have to defend the truth. Even if we have to fight for it, which you can see in the text here. Notice verse 7. It came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and the breaches were stopped, the gaps were filled, they were angry. Verse 8, conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. So what does Nehemiah do? He sets people in places. Verse 13. Verse 14, he gives a, a commandment. We'll get back to that in just a second. Verse 16, it came to pass that from that time forth the half of my servants wrought in the work and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields, the bows, and the habergens, and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. They which builded on the wall and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work and with the other hand held a weapon. 
We need to expect the attacks of the world to rise, especially for those who are actually working for God. Can I just say, if you blend in, you're safe. You want to blend in, fine. I want to be about the work. You want to live a safe, harmless Christianity? Feel free. You stand before God and answer to Him, I want to be about the work, even if it brings threats. The leaders of our nation would like nothing more than for us to be silenced and still. So the threats will rise and Satan will use that to try to get us to forget to leave the work. And those threats have been enough. As those rise and as we see that coming, let us do two things. Number one, let us pray. Let us pray. Verse 9, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God. We ought to be praying for the work, for strength, for open doors. Let us pray. And number two, let us be ready to fight for the truth. And I want to focus in on verse 14 for just a couple minutes as we're moving to a close. Verse 14, I looked and rose up and said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. Why are you afraid? We are on the winning side. The Lord God is the one who fights for us, who is greater and more powerful than the world. And so fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters and wives and your houses. Fight for the truth. Stand up for it. Notice what he says. Your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. That's your family, isn't it? Look around and most of the rubble you're going to see is broken homes. That's where Satan's target is, at the family. Not only in the world around us, but it's going to be for us as his people too. And what I would say is, men, would you listen to the call of Nehemiah? Would you listen to the call of Scripture as we are focused on being about the work? Understand we're going to about to be ready to fight for our family? Would you do that? You know how Satan wants to distract you and <clears throat> pull you off the work? Is attack your family. Men, understand the Garden of Eden is played out over and over and over as Satan comes to us and our families trying to cause doubt in the Word of God. Did God really say that? Did He really mean that? Do I really have to do that? As Satan comes and offers what appears so much better than what God offers. Look, look, God wants to give you this, but he's, he's selling you short. Look at all of this that you could have. And he's, he's trying to keep that from you. It's the same thing played out over and over and over. Will you stand silently by while the snake tempts your wife? Will you let it come into your house or will you fight against it? Or are you the one handing the fruit over to her yourself? Look at this. This is so much better than church. Oh, church is boring. The word is boring. Let's do this. Are you the one letting him in your house? Leading your family away from the work and the people of God. Maybe it's time we as men took a stand and say, Out, Satan. Take the word of God. Cut the head off that snake and get it out of your house. You can try to draw us away. You can try to plant seeds of dissent and bitterness. You can do your best to take our focus off of being faithful. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Will you stand and say that, men? Will you fight for the truth? One hand busy about the work and one hand holding a sword. This sword. Women, 
Will you stand beside your husbands and do the same, protecting and guiding your children? When they come home from school telling what the teacher said, will you be there with the word ready to defend the truth? Or when they start to wander off the narrow path, will you be there to build in their lives, to fight for their truth? Listen, beloved, we must stand and defend the truth. Defend our families, defend our churches as we are busy about the work around us. We move forward, one hand busy with the work, one hand ready to defend. We move forward. One last thing for you to think about this morning. We move, we move forward regardless of what people may say. We, we, we move forward ready to defend the truth. We move forward regardless of the fear that may be in our own hearts. We're not in this situation, but can you imagine trying to build the wall with the threat of people trying to come and, and take your life and these nations that are bigger than you? All of that had to take a toll as it can in our own hearts. But there's something I want you to know. Verse 19. Nehemiah said to the nobles, to the rulers, to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall one far from the other. In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither to us, our God shall fight for us. Yes, there is much to do, and the, great is, the work is great and large. And when we go our own ways from here, we can feel separated and alone. We can feel overwhelmed by the task at hand with so much brokenness in the people around us. We see it and we we try to be a help and it can be overwhelming. So how about this? How about you sound the trumpet? That's what Nehemiah said. Listen, when you hear the trumpet and if we're separated, hey, you come together. We come together and we'll find strength and we'll be reminded that it is God who fights for us. The idea is that if danger came, they would gather together for strength and safety. So listen, sound the trumpet if you need to. Make some calls. Reach out and say, hey, I need help. This is getting a little much. And we'll be there for each other. And can I also say this? We sound the trumpet three times a week. Might be good it might be a good idea that when we gather with each other and the Lord here together is that you be present when we gather together. Because this is where we find strength and courage and we help each other and we rally around each other as we go out in the world and to the work. And we might be scared and we might be tired and weary. We all face that from time to time. So how about we pick each other up We strengthen the hands that hang down and the knees that are getting weak, as the book of Hebrews says. We're in this together, and as we'll see in the coming weeks, that's exactly what God has called us together in a church for. To help each other as we are busy moving forward with the work. And as we do so, let's remind each other, our God shall fight for us. He is watching over us, working with us. He is within us. And the opposition might seem scary. The job God has called us to might seem too big. And we might grow tired and weary. But we move forward knowing that this is not some human work. This is God's work. And that which He has begun, He will complete until Jesus comes. And you know what? As we do that, something's going to happen. Notice this. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 15 Nehemiah 6 and verse 15. So the wall was finished 
in the 25th day of the month of Elul, in 50 and two days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Fifty-two days and the wall was done. What was impossible, what people said was impossible, was done. In the face of the scoffers, in the face of the complainers, in the face of those who had their so intelligent warnings, in the face of opposition, in the face of fear, the work was done. And make no mistake, there was no mistake, excuse me, that this was of God. Why? Because they kept moving forward. Beloved, let's do the same. Let's be busy about the work of God, sharing the gospel, reaching people who are hurting and broken and bringing them to Christ, strengthening them, supporting them. Life by life, brick by brick, the work will be done if we are busy about it. Moving forward one step at a time. So my my plea with you this morning is, would you do that with me this coming year? Would we as Faith Baptists be conscious of that in 2021? There is much work to do, and I pray that we wouldn't just sit and stare at it or walk away carelessly, too busy with nothing in our own lives. But that we as our church would, we as a church would grab our swords and grab our tools that God has given and get to the work. So let's close back in the text. Nehemiah chapter 2, and I want you to notice verse 18. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. I can just stand before you this morning and say, God has been good to me this past year. Good to me in the face of all the chaos. Good to me, even in the face of heartbreaking loss. His goodness is there. God is good. And I have learned by experience that He is able to heal. He is able to strengthen when I have no restraint. He is able to restore and to bring peace in those things that you thought were destroyed. And even as there is still more work to be done in my own life, I know for a fact He can do the same in all the lives around us. So my prayer is that the Lord would lead you to say the same thing as they did here. Let us rise up and build. Let us rise up and build. Let's get to work. Let's move forward because it is a good work. Do not say that at the end of the verse. A good work. So let's strengthen our hands to do it. Let's roll up our sleeves, as it were, to get in and to be busy helping people, leading them to Christ, getting in touch with them, laying the foundation of Christ in their lives, bringing the hope and the peace that only He can give. And there are so many people that need that right now. So my prayer is that we as faith Baptists would be busy about the work of God. Let's move forward. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Father, I thank you for this day, for the many blessings you've given us. Lord, take these words, let it ring within our hearts and within our spirits, that we may go from this place and this time of study, and that we'd be 
would be busy about moving forward, working in the lives around us. Lord, give us strength to, give us guidance. If there's things that are in the way, Lord, help us to overcome those and to focus on you and your goodness and your power as we, we seek to build the lives of others. Be with us. Help us to do the things you would have us to do. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen.